Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 55. I want to devote more of my life to helping people improve themselves. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Scott Caulfield, today from Chile, Indianapolis, with my friend, Mike Carroll, head strength and conditioning coach at Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia. He's also the chairperson of the College Coaches Special Interest Group. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. And uh, I don't do you justice with that intro because you do far more uh, than just, air quotes, strength and conditioning at Emory and Henry. Uh, Tell us a little more about what all of that encompasses <laughs> uh well my position at emory and henry i'm, I'm thankful they gave me the, the title head strength and conditioning coach uh that's you know obviously a big part of what i do we have 22 teams um uh, a little over 400 athletes and uh i mean aside from from working with all the athletes uh, we have a combined like many division threes we have a combined uh weight room and campus fitness center currently so we have a 5,000 square foot facility uh, and I have a staff of about 25 uh, students who uh, supervise uh, at different shifts throughout the day. Um, and we're open about 13 hours a day to student staff, and we do some limited memberships in the area. Um, so I manage all of those uh, workers. And then uh, I was lucky enough to get a full-time assistant for the first time this last year, which is great. He's a huge help. Um, so on the strength on the fitness center side, I've got a staff of about 25. On the strength and conditioning side, I have my full-time assistant, um, and then we have a, a pretty robust internship program that we're we just got a four-year degree program in exercise science, which is awesome. I'm nice. really excited about it, and we're really looking to grow, make the internship um, an integral part of that, um, almost like uh, clinical rotations for athletic training. Awesome. So <clears throat> I have uh, currently three interns um, working for me on that side. And uh, I'm sure once the semester starts, we'll get about three or four more who decided last minute they want to do the internship. So all in all, I have a staff of around 30 to 32 people, um, all told. Wow, that's huge. That's awesome. And uh, was that kind of uh, being like thrown into the deep end of the pool a little bit because, uh, you know, of, from a managing staff perspective yeah kind of um you know my in my last job i was a one-man show in a facility that was in the basement uh, across the street from our main athletics facility so i didn't even see not only did i not see the sun i hardly saw anybody on staff ever um you know it's it, it was a bit of a shock but the uh the guy i took over the program from josh bullock who's with usa ski and snowboard now he did Gosh, such an amazing guy. job of setting up that pro. He really founded the program there, right. and he did an amazing job with uh, the equipment, the facility. Uh, he documented everything and gave it all to me. Nice. Um, so I kind of took what he did, and we, we are very similar in our managerial skills. Yeah. So I was able to pretty much take what he did and run with it and just continue working on the path that he set most of the stuff, which is um, it's, it's amazing. I stepped right into, into a great situation, um, and I can't thank him enough for that. It's, it's, a, it's a great place. That's a huge shout-out to Josh. I just saw him at Wolf Creek uh, with the ski team yep. uh, in November. <laughs> yeah, I, I love seeing all the pictures yeah, he posts Vermont about guy. all his travels. Yeah, that's great. Um, when we were talking before we started rolling here, too, about you know your path through before that and interning and working at private facility, tell us a little bit of that because I think that highlights the, the – um, 
the amount and the lengths, you know, that some of us go to and people that I've talked about how I've, you know, came up volunteering and doing different things too. But mm -hmm. a lot of us have similar stories that are somewhat different as well, but there's so many similarities. So yeah, tell us about that. Man, I, I've got a, I've got a long crooked path I could tell you <laughs> about. Um, I think for me, it really comes down to, uh, being a kid. Um, I grew up on a farm. Um, and I think that's where my love of manual labor comes from. Um, I've done a lot of jobs in my life while pursuing strength and conditioning, um, where, you know, I could just flick my brain off or think about something else and, and get some work done. And, and I like the feeling of just like when you're training, I like the feeling of checking something off the list. I like the feeling of, you know, doing it a little bit better than you did last time. You know, I, I want to, I was a janitor for several years while I was pursuing strength and conditioning. I wanted to hit that room, clean it a little bit faster. I want to do this just a little bit better. Um, and, you know, I think the same thing carries over to the way I train and the way I train my athletes. Like, today was good. Let's make tomorrow better, you know. Um, the only easy day was yesterday. I love that quote, you know. Um, so when I, uh, I was a walk-on college athlete uh, to an, a small NAIA school, had a pretty good college career, still got a record that stands, um, track and field. I was a hammer thrower, small one, but got it done. Uh, and I didn't have a strength coach. We actually barely had a weight room uh, at all. It was in the bottom of our dorm. There was one rack, two bars, uh, one for the bench, one for the squat rack, steel plates, um, no bumpers. It's a concrete floor. So when you, uh, any, anything you dropped with significant weight shook the building. It was so small. Uh, and I got kicked out numerous times because you couldn't be down there with, without supervision. My coaches were like, you know, we don't. We got so many athletes because it was a big track team. Yeah. We, we just don't have time to go down there and supervise one person. So, right. I actually, had to break in quite a bit. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, looking back, I had a really successful career because I, I just I'm a hard worker. That's, that's what I do. Um, but I've I've always wondered if I had a strength coach, if I had somebody to show me, right. you know, something other than three sets of ten, right. you know, right. Right. how much better I could have been. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I got an invitation to, to train out in California and try and qualify for U.S. track and field nationals. So I went with that and actually started learning strength and conditioning foundations from uh, Mike Barnett at Azusa Pacific University. Yeah. Um, Olympic thrower. You know, I was, they let me train with them for free. Like, I didn't have to do anything except for show up and he'd coach me. Nice. Um, and I, I really feel fortunate for that. And, and um, you know, if, if Mike were ever to listen to this, big shout out for being having such a huge heart and uh, uh, welcoming arms. I trained out there for about three years. Um, never quite made it, but that's when I really he 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 educated himself. I mean, obviously he worked with higher level strength coaches, being an Olympic athlete and everything. But he educated himself on the tier system. You know, started working on his own programs. That's really where I got my start, I would say. Um, and I started learning some stuff from him, and then. Uh, uh, I actually got my CSCS in, in 2006. I, I figured, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this for real, I got to be legit. Yeah. So got my CSCS. Don't know how I passed it. Um, <laughs> that's not what my background was. Right. You know, it's not what my degree was in. Um, but uh, I had some friends that helped me study. Sat in on a couple college courses. Uh, anyway, started uh, started coaching out there. I was coaching at a high school. I was substitute teaching. I had my own personal training business, um, and uh, just you know, like you said, trying to make ends meet. So. I sent out about 12 letters to local colleges. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. Southern California, sure, Azusa, yeah, Covina area. Yep. Um, sent out a lot of them. I got one reply. Um, and it was Matt Durant at University of Laverne. Shout out to Matt Durant. Right. He said, uh, we have no paid positions. It's a small program. I got a small room. But if you'd like to come, I'll, uh, I'll, I'd, I'd appreciate the help. And uh, I'll teach you some stuff. 
So I did that for about eight months, and it was it was an eye opening experience. Yeah. Um, he runs such an awesome program uh, for for a, a D three out there. I mean, for anything, yeah. uh, runs a great program. I learned a whole lot. He would never hesitate to uh, answer my questions right on the spot about anything, and I knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I really I was super green. Yeah. Um, so I I was there for about eight months, and uh, California wasn't working out, um, and I uh, ended up. Uh, my my uh, girlfriend at the time, um, she ended up uh, moving to Portland, Oregon, and I thought, you know, I got some good stuff going here. But you know, I, I was coaching uh, three high school sports, three club sports, um, personal training, substitute teaching full time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was still just could not make ends meet. It's so yeah. expensive out there. Right. Um, so I ended up going moving up to Portland, Oregon with her. Um, got my way into uh, Portland State with their football program with Andrew Pompey. Um, great guy, great program. Uh, it was my first taste of, of um, strength and conditioning for just football. And uh, I was, you know, at, at this point, I was in my early 30s. So I was, I started late. Yeah. I started real late. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he put a lot of faith in me and he had me do, uh, you know, write up some mobility programs for some of the guys. He let me screen them and, and work with them one-on-one or two-on-one and, and address some of their, their issues and their performance stuff. Um, so I did that for a while. And then after that, um, went to uh, went to University of Michigan, which is you know a dream for me. I, my alma mater was Siena Heights University, which is only 40 minutes away in Michigan. Um, so I, I worked some connections and got a hold of Jason Cole, and they interviewed me and and said, uh, yeah, you can come up and be an intern. And I nice. thought I've made it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. I'm at the University of Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I'm not paid. I'm not <laughs> hourly. I'm not anything. But I'm I'm at the yeah. the place for strength and conditioning and, and athletic performance. Um, so I did the, the internship there, and it was great. That was, I probably I tell people I probably got a better education or, or an equal education on the practical side of things at the University of Michigan yeah. as I did with my master's program. Yeah. Um, which and I was doing them both at the same time. So you know, at the University of Michigan, I was doing 50 hours a week as an intern, and I just wanted to be there. I wanted yeah. to immerse myself. Right. Um, and I was doing grad school at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said before, we got rolling here. My wife was living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was right. working in at, in Ann Arbor crashing on a buddy's couch on weeknights and then I drive down to uh, Fort Wayne and I was working at a private performance clinic down there uh, a couple days a week so I was doing a three hour three hour trek one way twice a week um, it was it was a trip yeah it was a trip um, so then I you know I was working at that private clinic and then yeah. uh, from there the job opened up at uh, Transylvania University um, I stepped in there I was actually hired as a part-time track coach part-time strength coach and uh, you know it's um, again, continuous improvement. I just wanted, I want to make things better, better, better. So I, there was no head strength coach. There was no department. There were a couple sport coaches that were certified yeah. and I just took it and ran with it. I started setting everything up. I started, um, you know, assigning people to teams. I started working on the room, building things, you know, doing flooring. Um, and after nine months, they created the head strength coach position and asked me to take it. So I was, I was really fortunate for that right place, right time. Right. But right experience as well. Right. Yeah. Right background to get that. So, I think this is a cool question because it, uh, when you're talking about all that, I'm like, man, so many things you were doing and like, there's so many side jobs, you know, so I many mean, side hustle jobs. Yeah. Like, why? Why did you do all that? That's a great question <laughs> because you know what my undergrad degree is? Computer science. <laughs> I could be making a lot of money sitting in front right, of a computer. Right. Um, 
And it's it's just I figured that's not where my passion is. Yeah. You know, I I was by the time I was getting my getting to my fourth year, my undergrad degree, I was doing personal training with people in the campus fitness center, yeah. uh, which we got a new campus fitness center as I was graduating of at course. my undergrad. Yeah. Um, I was consulting with a couple coaches on some performance stuff they should do. And this is just stuff I was learning on my own from talking to, you know, throws coaches that I see at meets, um, other throwers that I saw at meets all over the country. Um, and I, I figured I, I want to spend more, I want to devote more of my life to helping people improve themselves, whether it's performance or just health and fitness. Um, and I'd rather do that than you know, crawl around on the floor, work on their computer. You yeah. know, that's not having a big impact on them. Right. And, and really what it comes down to for me is, like I said, I, I never had a strength coach in college. I had great coaches. Some of the best memories of my life are going to meets. Yeah. Um, but I want to give the athletes I work with opportunities that I never had. And strength and conditioning, especially when you're in, you know, a power sport, yeah. um, you know, like, uh, like throwing, it's, uh, that's the backbone. Right. If you don't have that, you're missing out. So yeah. I really want to give the athletes opportunities that I was never afforded. And that's that's I figured that's my passion. You know, I, I get excited to, to go in and, and see athletes get a little bit better. You know, today was good. Tomorrow, let's be better. And I, and I love it when athletes buy into that and and uh, really want to go for it. And I've been fortunate to work with a lot of of just really outgoing athletes. That's outstanding. Yeah, and like what you said about uh, you know you are always in. T- you know, enjoyed manual labor. I think hmm. I was a uh, a brick mason's tender one summer uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of high school, and I realized that if I was going to have to rely on working with my hands, that I would probably be starving to death someday. <laughs> <laughs> that I, so I quickly realized that I was not cut out for manual labor type jobs. Yeah, that unfortunately, <laughs> honest jobs like that never pay a whole lot. It, you feel like you've accomplished a lot, but not when you sit down at the dinner table sometimes. <laughs> Um, but no, that's a great, I mean, I just like hearing about, you know, the path and the adversity and different things that, you know, you did to make ends meet, to get where you wanted to go and look, lots of moving know, around people, mentors and different things that, you know, showed you, this is what, this is how you run the room. This is how you organize stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and then you were able to take that and, and make it your own. Cause like you said, when that opportunity came, you had the right experience you were in the right place, right time, right experience. Same yep. thing. You, you know, the, they're not just giving it to you because you were there. They were giving it to you because you were the best person for the job. And I'll tell you what, to all, all the young strength coaches out there who are who go to interviews and whatnot, um, you can't be overprepared. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when I got the job at, uh, at Transylvania and when I got the job at Emory & Henry, one of the things that my future coworkers said, um, you know, is uh, you were the more prepared guy. You know, I, sh- I, I came in and, you know, suit, no question, no polo, yeah, right. suit. Yeah. Um, I had documents ready to go. I had a portfolio ready to go. Yeah. Here's annual plans. Here are training programs, a couple different examples. Here's some mobility screens I've done. Here's some stuff I did here. Here's, you know, you, you, can't, you can't slam a book down in front of them, but you can't overlook the benefits of here is who I am as a coach right. because, you know, for me, a lot of the time stuff doesn't come to the front of my mind, but if I, yeah. you know, if I make it up, make it look nice, put it in a portfolio, that's yeah. a great presentation. That's what yeah. you do in, when you're trying to steal a deal in advertising sure. or a business. Yeah. You know, why shouldn't it be the same when you're trying to get a job? Right. right. Yeah. I had a job at a private sector place in New Hampshire too. And same thing. They had a practical interview and I brought the program printed out, whatever folder, whole deal. And they were afterwards were like, no one's ever done that before. They're like, that is the most uh, prepared anyone has ever been. Yeah. You know, so 
what tell me more about the portfolio though like uh for people listening that's new news to them yeah what is what all entails in that and you know we talked about preparation, but like, what should you have as, as you're kind of going through your career, should you be compiling this stuff continually? Absolutely. Yeah. You can never document too much. You yeah. can never, I mean, guys like Bob Alejo probably have documents going back. I don't know. I don't know. Decades. They're decades to the stone age. back then. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they, uh, I mean, you can't document too much because, because as a coach, especially as a strength coach, you'll reuse programs, you'll reuse training, you'll tweak it. You know, everything. Whenever you learn something, you go back and look at the way you did it before. Is this a better way? Is this a newer way? Um, and for me, it was, again, sometimes and a lot of the times when we interview, we don't interview with people that know what we do. Right. I mean, we interview with sport coaches. We might interview with some ads or administrators who have worked with a strength coach before, but. We have to be able to, and when you get the job, we have to be able to educate everybody. Right. You know, we have to educate sport coaches on how we do things. Even if they know strength and conditioning, they might not know the way we do it. Yeah. We have to educate our athletes. We have to educate the people supervising us because they just might not have experience with it. So you should be doing the same thing, you know, in your interview, um, not educating them on what is strength and conditioning, but educating them on this is who I am as a strength coach. This is the program I've built. This is the system I've I've done and this is how well it worked you know if you can produce solid numbers on improvements you've done that's even better i mean it's it's a business deal um for me um you know i I, i'm i'm a bit of a perfectionist a little ocd so i make up the annual plan and i make it for the biggest team at that school when i at transylvania they didn't have football we had 26 sports but no football yeah 26 sports one strength coach four racks (laughs) four racks nice um and at Emory and Henry, they have a great football program. Yeah. You know, it's it's a storied program. Okay. So I, I printed up an annual plan, you know, for for the football team yeah. that I'd never worked with. Right. And I put their name at the top. I put their logo on the side. I put their, you know, their logo. Yeah. Um, white collar, uh, you know, I put I put their logo out there. I put everything on it. I formatted it in Emory and Henry colors. Yeah, yeah. And I made it look like I already had the job. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the things they'll tell you when you're interviewing. Interview like you already got the job if you want it. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that. I wrote up a program for the football team. I, I took a program for, like, softball team and uh, just changed it. So it was Emory and Henry colors, Emory Henry softball logos, their sayings, whatever, put that on there. Um, and, I mean, if, if you want to talk subconsciously, if you've got someone that's interviewing you for your job and you're showing them stuff that you've already done for the team, like you're already there, yeah. you've already got a foot in the door. Right, right. You know, same thing, uh, you know, on, on my resume, it's, it's all whatever, wherever, when I was applying to Emory and Henry. Henry and Henry colors, yep. you know, I'm already here. Here's all the things I'm going to do. That's a great point that you said that too. Cause I've, uh, have a couple of friends who former assistant as well, who interviewed for a job and the feedback she got was that, you know, you just didn't seem like you wanted it enough, <laughs> you know, that's and rough. Like that's rough when you, you need do a decent job, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the selling, you know, the, the, part that didn't get you the job right <laughs> yeah and it's it's a shame to be interviewing for a job that you do want and to throttle back right. and not seem like you're interested because you don't want to be too eager right, I, right. It's, if, when i'm interviewing people i'd rather see people who are over eager yeah because they're going to get in there and they're going to hit the ground running yeah. they're going to go yeah you know and, and that's another thing now that at emory and henry i try to be on every interview committee for every coach or athletic position that's hired nice. you know as the as the representative of strength and conditioning yeah. I'm, I'm going to end up working with everyone that's hired every athletic right. trainer every right. administrator every coach yeah. you know so i want to if there if there's an interview committee i want to be there because i need yeah. to know who are we getting 
You know, do they jive with my culture, with my way of doing things? Am I going to have to adapt to them? Um, it, it just it gets you more prepared, and it, yeah. it lets them know you are the guy or the girl in charge of, of performance uh, and athletic development. Yeah. You're important, and that's the way it should be. Well, and you're, and you're being proactive on your own campus in mm-hmm. your to have people know who you are. You're not the, just that strength guy Yep. with oh, the shaved head and the beard. <laughs> man. <laughs> That's, I've been to a few places where coaches would, you know, they'd bring their athletes through and they'd, they'd refer to me doing a tour of the weight room or something. They'd be like, this is our weights guy. I'd be weights like, guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I am. That's what I am. I'm the weights guy. Right. Right. No, I think that's a big, big piece and probably why you're having so much success there, you know, to, to be able to integrate into that entire system. And like, uh, you know, a guy that we're both friends with, Steve Rassel, and what mm-hmm. he was able to do at Weber and you know oh amazing you know build this, this internship and a program that has like 12 staff now and, oh it's you insane know, yeah it's i mean and and honestly um matt nine steve uh yeah. raz yeah those are the guys that when i was getting into the field at transylvania yeah. those are the guys they had some material out there i called them right up right. you've developed an amazing program coach yeah. what tips can you give me yeah. you know i'm trying to build something like what you have what, yeah. what did you do when you were in, in my in my place year yeah. one year two yeah. um and they were a great help you know yeah total open arms, willing to show, you know, Raz sent me like half a dozen emails. Here's this system for this. Here's this system for this. I mean, he's so organized. It just, I I, I had to take notes. You know, it was crazy. (laughs) That's great. No, I I think that's a common theme is, man, is the people that are, you know, so willing to go out of their way to share stuff with you, you know, throughout this organization. Um, And when you reach out to them, you know, they're, they're ready and willing to help you. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's especially true of small college coaches. Nothing against yeah. big college coaches. Yeah. Um, but with small college coaches, we have so few resources that right. the more people we can contact yeah. as a resource, the better off we are. And I think everybody that's been in the field in a small college for a while knows if I'm open to this coach and helping them out, they're going to help me out. And then, yeah. you know, I'm going to have that network of people that I can contact because I might not have a staff of 12 people right. to bounce ideas off of. You know, yeah. if you're one man show or one yeah. woman show, sometimes you got to reach out to so-and-so that was in your place and be like, I'm trying to do this thing. Yeah. You did something similar. You know, what tips can you give me? And it helps to head off some of the mistakes you might make, yeah. you know, and, and nothing wrong with making mistakes. That's how we right. learn, but you get there quicker. It's more yeah. efficient. Yeah. You have any, uh, I don't know, must do tips or you know things that you would highly recommend for someone in that setting small college strength coach that's kind of one man show anything like lessons learned that you would put out there as your keys to success number 1 be a part of the college strength coach or college coaches sig yeah that's nice. i mean uh, we got a facebook page it's got over 2000 people on it so if you want to ask if you want to ask a question about strength and conditioning, get some feedback, you post it in there and yeah. you'll get everybody from, from big D1s to, to small, you know, small colleges and you'll get a lot of different information and ideas. Um, and I've done that a lot. You know, even being on the executive council, I'll, I'll post stuff on there like, hey, I'm looking at doing this thing. Who's done it before? You know, what, what's the best way to do this? Um, networking is, I think, is essential as, as a small college coach. Um, you have to you have to be able to you have to have no fear of reaching out to people you'll get sometimes you'll get forgotten sometimes people won't call you back you know it's it's life that happens but you can't be dismayed if if you really want to make things work you got to continuously improve you got to continuously work at it um so networking um doing your research there's a lot of good uh, resources out there um you know a, a lot of the time i'll i'll look at you know what are the the 
what's the cost-benefit ratio on building a piece of equipment as opposed to buying it brand new or getting it used. Okay. You know, if we can, if it's in great shape and I can, I can get it used, I'm not going to blow money on a limited budget. I mean, there's, there's some programs out there, especially small, small college programs, they get no money from the school. It's all fundraising. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky I get a little bit of a budget every year. Um, but you got to be smart with it. Um, planning. Planning is another huge one, I would say, for a small college coach. You're going to be stretched in so many different directions. you got to have a vision. you got to know, you know, what are your standards, um, and you, you, you got to be able to navigate. Just like an annual plan that you set up for a team, you have to have an annual plan for yourself and your department. Where do I want my teams to go? Where do I want this department to grow? Um, that's a big one for me right now is, is looking at the growth of my department and where do I want it to go. Um, but you, you, you can't overplan. Um, because that's always going to change. You're always going to update it. Just like a, a training plan uh, or training program, you're always going to update it, and it should be the same way with your department. But if you have a general vision of where you want things to move, it, it, things work so much easier, and you don't, get, you don't get those surprise, oh, I didn't see this coming, or I didn't think about this happening, um, which is really helpful because it doesn't waste your time. I love it. It's huge, huge. Any, everybody should be listening to that advice, not just small <laughs> colleges. Um, you mentioned the college SIG, uh, special interest group, yeah. super cool. Uh, you took over as the chairperson from uh, our good buddy, Dr. Mann. Oh, man. um, you know, big, big shoes to fill, literally and figuratively. Oh, man, um, yeah. <laughs> but was... uh, talk about, yeah, I mean, how did you get involved with the SIG? You know, why did you want to be on the executive council, is what we call it, and running the show? Um, I just wanted to be more involved. Um, you know, I, I, I think growing up, I did a lot of, of, yeah, I was, I was really prosperous in, in sports that were solo track and field, you know, was, was my best sport. Um, and I just wanted to be a part, you know, when I, when I learned there was a, a um, organization, the NSCA that, that not only had the gold standard certification, you know, to, to get your foot in the door, but there was a network of people willing to help you out. You know, I, I wish I would have known it sooner. I didn't even know strength and conditioning was a thing until I finished my degree. Right. You know, so um, when I, you know, when the st- when when Brian started working on kind of beefing up the SIG, um, I was at coach. I think it was at coaches conference three. I want to say three years ago, um, and I saw this thing about this special interest group, college coaches. I want to be a college. This is uh, right at the beginning of my collegiate coaching okay. career. Um, I was like, yeah. I'll, I want to be a college strength coach. I'm going to see what this is all about. And uh, I just happened to walk in on the meeting where they were, um, at that time, they only had a chair and a co-chair. And they were like, well, Brian Mann is our chair, and we need a co-chair. And so they, it was, it was really relaxed. Okay, who's interested? Raise your hand. Okay, uh, five people. Uh, we're going to give you one minute to give your elevator speech and why you should be on the stand. It was like right there on the spot. Yeah, I, and I, was, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I was already nervous because I was sitting next to Mike Stone, <laughs> Dr. Mike Stone. And I'm yeah. like, I don't even know what to say with this guy. <laughs> he's, he's so intelligent, just way out of my league. Um, so we did that. Everybody had their spiel. We stepped out of the room, and they did a vote with just anybody that was in the room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was really lucky that, that I, I was convincing enough to, to, <laughs> to get voted in. And, and uh, I had no idea what it was all about, right. no clue. And I'm extremely lucky uh, that Brian uh, was the chair, and he had so many great ideas, and he's a get-it-done kind of guy. And I learned a lot of things about how to manage the group and, you know, the vision he had and where he wanted to take it. Um, and, you know, again, just like with, with Coach Bullock, I right. took over something that was already really yeah. well-founded and doing great, and yeah. I'm just hoping to, to do him justice and, and keep building and keep growing and 
keep making it great. You know, we, we really want the special interest group for college coaches to be uh, a resource, yeah. you know, something that people will have no fear of posting, posting a question or a comment, um, something that's, that's always going to be professional because yeah. um, that's how we want to be seen. And uh, something that coaches can can tune into, get information from, um, share their their comments and concerns about the profession, about the field, um, about how the way things are done. Um, you know, we we also really encourage um, researchers to post information in there. Right. Um, we we try to get as much uh, science in there as possible, uh, and and you know we try to cover as much as possible that pertains to being a strength coach. You know, the personal side, the the professional side. Um, Anything that might happen, yeah. you know, we want to we want to have something where people uh, just want to have a community yeah. where people feel comfortable. Yeah, and you guys have kind of taken it and run with it, so to speak. You uh, you know, you're working on a few different things, but maybe kind of. I know there's not a lot to share on that, but tell us a little bit about you know the toolkit, the kind of NCAA stuff that we're that are in the works currently. Well, we've got you know, we've got a pretty good executive council now. We expanded it out, um, so we've got a couple extra people now. Um, and I've I try to do a conference call twice a year before each um, the national conference and the coaches conference, where we all get on a you know get on a group chat and talk about here's the way things are, where do we want to go? You know, again planning. Um, and we've had some really good ideas from the new executive council members um, on having some more features. Uh, for specifically for social media that'll get people engaged a little bit more um having um one of the ideas we actually came up with was having a resource now the 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 high school sig has a resource page on the nsca website and uh i I gotta admit we came up with the idea and then we saw they had one so we're gonna you know we want to do something that's more specific for college coaches that that gives them somewhere you know our idea was to have like a uh a place they could go to look up information on different topics of, of strength and conditioning. Well, uh, after doing some research um, and seeing what the, the high school SIG had, we want to expand that out to, to have more podcasts and, and not necessarily research, but articles written on being a strength coach at the small college level, at the yeah. big college level, things that pertain to the, the professional professional uh, realm, nice. uh, where, again, coaches can go and get information, share information. And then uh, another thing that we've talked about is doing, we're trying to develop a toolkit uh, that will be kind of a, a blueprint for running a, a collegiate strength and conditioning program, um, which obviously there, there are programs out there that have been established for a long time. There are some schools that are still adding strength and conditioning as, as a program or a department in their school. So the, the toolkit would be something um, that coaches can download that would have just information on how to budget, how to manage teams, how to run a room, uh, how to work with sport coaches, um, how to make an annual plan, you know, how to how to forecast where you want to be. Just it, not necessarily assuming that people don't know these things, but so they can look, have a resource to look up and say, you know, I'm, I've never really budgeted before. You know, I've I'd never budgeted before. I got my first strength. I went straight from intern to head head strength coach. Yeah. I'd never budgeted before. Yeah. Um, so something where and, and I got a hold of people that had written articles on it how do i do this so something where people can go directly to to the nsc website and download that resource and flip through it and you might have been a strength coach for for decades and maybe it's just something that you want to brush up on see how other people do it um so those those are two projects we're working on now working on a couple again uh, another thing that to try and drive the social media side of things a little bit um and again just give people more information more interaction um we're actually Fingers crossed. Uh, we're doing a social 
tomorrow right. instead of a SIG meeting at this coaches conference. Yeah. Um, so putting it out there, trying to get as many people from the SIG to come and hang out, have a drink, um, and uh, talk, just talk, interact. You yeah. know, a big part of the college coaches SIG, which I think makes it unique compared to some other SIGs, um, is we're, we really encourage interaction between the researchers and the practitioners. We want our strength coaches yeah. shooting questions to the sports scientists. We want our sports scientists shooting questions and conversing with our strength coaches. So yeah. we get more of a marrying and a melding of those two uh, you know, sides of the fence, which, which should be commingling all the time. Yeah, I mean, and you think about like some of the people like uh, you know, who have tapped into like the resources of exercise science on your campus, right? And and being able to utilize people that are doing research or you know seeing what they're doing so they can see what you're doing and how the application of it works is such a huge asset to people that have that ability. Yeah. Um, and I think the best part too, what you're mentioning about the college coaches SIG and it, it, it's you know each month we kind of get them update report it's been the most popular it's the yep. most engaged you know it's it's keeping that top spot not that we like competition or anything no. but uh <laughs> We're gonna, we want to be the champions right? top of the list yeah. every time um so like you said i mean it's that group also is open now i believe mm -hmm. so you know we so you can join in if you're even if you're not a college strength coach if you want to be a college strength coach you can get yep. in there in, in like you said, there's yeah, we have there's I no mean, we questions have, that are too dumb, quote unquote. You know, we it's have people like, from all over the world uh, that want to be a part of it. We have people from you know from uh, undergraduates just starting in the field yeah. to you know obviously people that have been doing college strength and conditioning forever. Um, and again, we want all those different people. We want the different opinions, the different experiences, people that have had a different trail to get right. to where they are. Right. Um, and that's I think I think that melding pot is really what gives us some good ideas and some some good discussions. Yeah, no, that's huge. I'm super excited for the growth of that and the once these resources, because people are seeing these like high school toolkits and different things come to fruition and be published. And now that once these co once the uh, collegiate coaches toolkits and different resources are going to be coming out, it's just going to be really exciting because people are going to see all this work that we kind of do the background mm -hmm. stuff on and sometimes it's frustrating because when you're behind the scenes you're just working on it and then yeah. it takes a little while and you know it's it's definitely you got a lot of people involved and, and college coaches are busy you guys are yeah. <laughs> yeah oh definitely you know so doing all this extra stuff is is uh extra work but like you said it's it's helping the you know the people that are going to come after you as well yeah and, and again for those schools that are still adding strength and conditioning you know it's something that can be increase efficiency of your new coach you you hire a, a director of strength and conditioning for the first time you know a lot of times it might be a younger guy or younger girl they got this resource they just flip right through it okay yeah. budgeting here's some tips on budgeting got it i'm gonna set out my budget here's some tips on you know working with 40 athletes at once when i'm one coach got it i'm gonna try this i'm gonna run with this um instead of you know there's less trial and error um, but it's a resource with proven methods from actual coaches who've done it right who've done it and been in probably a situation similar to whatever you might be in yep. no matter where that is yep whatever advances the field yeah. forward you know we just right. we want to keep pushing the pace keep yeah. pushing things forward cool well this has been outstanding um if people which i'm sure after listening to this are going to want to hit you up how are they going to get in touch with you now um uh, the best way is probably to join the sig on facebook <laughs> um, you go. I, I approve everybody that yeah. wants to be a part of it um or um email address uh, just my mcaro at, at ehc.edu emory and henry email address I, I do social media but i, I don't do 
you know, where I'm because of the SIG, I'm on Facebook a lot. Yeah. But uh, I only check the other things every so often. I I forget about them. I neglect them. Right. It's just <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Nope. Cool. And it's C A R O. So make yep. sure you get that right. Um, cool. I appreciate you being on the show, man. I appreciate it very much. It's a great opportunity. Really fun. And thank you to everybody listening. Uh, you guys are a huge part of what makes us successful. Uh, we appreciate it. So if you enjoy this podcast, uh, go on, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your download from. Uh, you know, make sure to say hi when you see us at a conference. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening in. Thanks for supporting us. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.